Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower, hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims. Hybrid max powertrain engine delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Well, 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 it's my turn to say, well, 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 we're back at it again, baby. Miles is out. So I'm thrilled to be joined by super producer Jabari. And we're talking about the Steph Curry documentary, Underrated. We are talking top five starting lineups and more with comedian, long overdue guest of this podcast. One of the first people we mentioned, we said, we're doing a basketball podcast. We need to have Kenny DeForest on uh, Miles and Jack. I'm at Boosties. And we got him today, folks. And Miles is ducking him. I'm Jack O'Brien. And I'll Jabari in for Miles. And this is Miles, Miles and, and Jack. Jack and Jabari. Yeah. Occasionally and Jabari. You got Matt Boosties. <laughs> A three-pointer. Bang! Steph Curry from downtown again! Giannis with the take. Oh, look out. No showtime. What you got, Giannis? Kenny DeForest. What's good, man? Dude, it's such a pleasure. First of all, I uh, am very proud that to be a person that when you start an NBA podcast, I'm one of the first people you think of. So that is uh, that makes me feel real good right here in the heart. Yeah. And well, let we, know, you know, just yeah. because I'm on the show doesn't mean we got to play one-on-one. Like, don't be scared, bro. <laughs> I would just talk, you know? I'm not asking you to meet me on the court. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just implied by your presence and uh, right. all the kind of shots that you're putting up in the background while we're having the conversation. Uh, he's got a pretty J, folks. Um, yeah, but I, I remember, like, you, you would come on TDZ. We'd talk about the news. Then we'd break for a commercial. Then we'd talk about hoops. What, during the part that wasn't being recorded, then we'd come back and talk about the news. And so, yeah, very early on, we were like, "This, we need to have this man on to talk hoops. Uh, you are a Bulls fan? Uh, I'm a Bulls fan. A situational Bulls fan or always? No, I want to be very, very clear. I was there for the Ron Mercer era. Nice. Okay. You know, I, I was excited when we traded for John Salmons. <laughs> so, 
like, you know, when we took Tyrus Thomas, I was like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> the Thomas era has begun. Let's go. Athletic upside over skill. Let the Blazers have LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah. I was I was just going to say, you didn't want LaMarcus? You, you, were, you were all about the Tyrus train? No, I wanted LaMarcus. I was so upset. Uh, I was deeply upset. And, you know, I don't know if we want to launch into this already, but thinking about LaMarcus Aldridge and Derrick Rose in his prime just makes me want to cry myself to sleep. Because um, oh, that's exactly what we needed. That's what we tried yeah. to get with Carlos Boozer, but we could have had it from the beginning. If you go back through uh, like pretty much any draft, there's always that. But the ones that sting the most are your own squad. I understand that. By the way, uh, John Salmon's fantasy basketball stud for like a season and a half. I wanted him at that time on the Lakers. So I'm 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 happy for you that you got to experience that. The Orlando Magic do that to guys. You know, you're like a role <laughs> yep. player somewhere else. You go to the Magic. You suddenly average 18 a game, and all yeah. of a sudden, all of a sudden, Evan Fournier is getting 16 million a year, and no one knows why because he went to the Magic. Yeah, that should that should be a category we talk about on the podcast is just like all time uh, great fantasy players whose names most people don't know. What what stats was Salmons filling up? We're not calling him Salmons. I think it was actually Salmons, or at least I was calling him that. So maybe it maybe it was Salmons. Right. But he did a, it was because he did a little bit of everything, and he got steals and you know yeah. you know rebounds for his position. Yeah, we we could talk more about your fandom as we go. But really, everyone is playing for second place in our hearts after watching underrated the Stefan Curry documentary, uh, Stephen Curry, Steph Curry. There, there was a good moment where a, a high school announcer introduces him as St- Stephen Curry and his mom is like, you bozo, it's Steph Curry. Um, but this, this is a triumph. The autobiographical documentary is is always going to pull at your heartstrings. It's, it's a very effective weapon, but man, it got me. How about you guys? Yeah, man. I mean, for one, it, it always hurts because I always use being too small and slow as my excuse for not being in the NBA. Uh, yeah. And then you see that and it's like, I mean, maybe I should have just like shot a thousand jump shots a day and I would have found my way. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's unreal. He was a child, a child. So this is the thing that struck me the most from the documentary is I was asking myself, did they digitally shrink him for all of the like old footage from college and uh, high school? Like in high school, usually you'll see an NBA player who's like, you know, a point guard or something. And then you see them back in high school and they still look big compared to everyone else because they're playing in high school. But he looked teeny out there in high school. He looked when he comes out in the big T-shirt, like for his first college, uh, like Midnight Madness at college, and they're introducing him. Like you were like, who let this child onto the practice floor? This like because he's also it was at a time when all clothes were oversized, so he just looks like a kid who put on his dad's like workout stuff. But man, he looked small, even like his early Warriors days. Like I, I was like, did he hit a growth spurt like mid career in the NBA? Because I don't like that. That is my first and biggest question from the documentary. Is like he he's six two. Like six two is not a small person. Like Miles is six two. The first thing I notice about him when I hang out with him again for the first time in a while is like Miles is tall. Miles is a tall person. Um it's like an optical illusion because he's not small anymore. Like he doesn't strike me as small anymore. 
when I see him play, he just seems like a normal sized NBA guard. And I'm wondering like, is it because he's grown so much in my estimation and I've seen him like just do so much on the court that I'm like, no, he's, he's not small. He's like one of the best players in the league. Um, is it, is it hair? Did he put his hair? Like, <laughs> did, is his hair giving him an extra inch? Is it that he like his body filled out? I can't, I can't really tell what it is or did they digitally did. shrink him? I mean, there, there may be a little bit of that, but no, honestly, I think you hit it on the head. It's more of his body filling out because it's one thing to be six two, you know, walking amongst giants or, you know, like, you know, under six two or whatever the case may be walking amongst giants. But, it, but to the point that you made, his shoulders are like 12 inches apart. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, right. like not, not just when he was at, in college, that rookie year with golden state, he's just a small framed guy. So to see where he is now, you know, it, it's still inspiring. He's still a small guy out there, but he's significantly larger than he was, you know, when early on. You know what, what blows my mind about his game? And I was noticing this. Um, I mean, I've been noticing it, but like this last playoffs, there's a couple of times. The way he's become one of the best finishers around the basket is mm-hmm. like we are, we know him for he's one of the greatest, probably the greatest shooter to ever play the game. But being that small coming in, it was like, well, there's no way he'll ever finish around the hoop in the NBA. There's no way. And now I think of him as one of the best finishers in the league. And that's just a testament to how much, and it's weird. He's been able to put on strength without a ton of bulk. Like he looks bigger, but it's not like he's got those like bowling ball arms. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have like that Sherrod Collins build or whatever. You know, it's like, he's still very thin, but it's just like he put on muscle in the exact right ways where it didn't affect his touch. And I think honestly, probably having an NBA father who was also kind of an under, a skinny shooter probably helped him because he, you know, having a dad that's like, listen, listen to the nutritionists, do what they tell you. It will work. That's got to help. Cause I'm sure a lot of guys coming in don't want to hear it. They don't want to eat super healthy. You know, as crazy as it is, I had forgotten about his ankle issue. And, you know, I'm sure we were going to get to it, but when that part came up in the documentary, I was like, oh, yeah, on top of being small, on top of being slight of build, he also had ankle issues his first, like, three seasons in the league that would sideline him. And They showed him, like, twist his ankle and, like, hobble off the court, like, six times in a row, which I remember (laughs) that was what I knew him as when he first came in. Like, obviously, I remembered his run in the NCAA tournament, but I was like, and then, like, his ankles just gave out. Like, what he, he was, like, one of those like Brandon Roy type people who's just like, yeah, I don't know. His body's just not built for the grind, but like Kenny, to your, to your point about finishing around the rim, like I didn't even want him going to the basket in the footage from like Davidson. Like he couldn't finish around the rim at the college level. His first game in college, he had 12. Was that right? 12 Thir- turnovers. 13, I think 13 yeah. turnovers. <laughs> like he throughout his career, he just like, builds from a point of looking like a child who like does not belong there. It's really like one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Like when I was a kid, I wrote an autobiography of Mark Jackson cause he was my favorite NBA player when I was like seven years old and I like gave it to him. And the whole story was all about like how he was so small growing up. And like everybody said he was like too tiny to play basketball because I, I just like made it up because I had only seen him next to like Patrick Ewing and stuff. And he was like, actually I was like normal size. <laughs> like I was, I was a pretty normal sized person, maybe like a, li- a little bit above average height. Um, and, but like that, that is going to be the case almost every time. The fact that this dude was 
so little every time he entered a new level and like so unprepared and ended up being one of the best players in the league and like somebody who completely changed how how we think about the game like the virginia tech story is so wild like he wanted to play for virginia tech that's where his parents went like colleges love to let legacy admissions in they love that they wouldn't give him a spot on the team his dad's jersey's in the rafters <laughs> his dad's jersey's in the rafters and they were like no thank you sir we've we've witnessed your game and like no it's it's not happening like that's how much he changed because it's like all you can do is shoot and it's like yeah that's that's kind of important though pretty good skill. Like, if you think about it pretty good well and it's like the other crazy yeah. part when you add in not only was he so small but he wasn't particularly quick that's the other mm-hmm. thing like the fact that that's a big part of his scouting report too i kind of understand teams being hesitant because it's like all right you can be small but you better be Allen iverson quick you better be like breaking dudes off. They can't stay with you. When you're running off screens, the guy's just exhausted. He can't keep up. But none of that was true when he was younger. And now I think of him as quick. But, you know, like that's like the first thing is Reggie Miller reading his scouting report. And you're like, yeah, he wasn't even considered quick. Like that's mind blowing. Yeah. Um, but in general, I will say this. This kind of blows my mind. I feel like decision makers and shot callers be it college or nba there's like a tendency to not want to overweight uh this guy is the son of a guy who's done this but i yeah. think sometimes they overthink it and underweight it because it's like like to use the nfl as an example you know tj watt when he was coming out in the draft every, everyone in the watt family is like he's the best one and J.J. Watt's like an all-league defensive yeah. player. He was maybe the and best remember, player in the NFL at the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, and every yeah. one of the families like, T.J.'s the guy. And he still yeah. goes 23rd in the first round. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sitting there going, what is everyone doing? And now, yeah. of course, he's an all-pro pass rusher. It's like, I know you don't want to overthink it, but the DNA matters. And, you know, you, you've got the DNA, and you've had a coach your whole life. A, yeah. a, a guy who was known for being a great shooter. Was, is your father and your shooting coach like come on take a chance on the kid i bet he'll figure it out yeah and it's one it's one thing if like the guy has a reputation for being a jerk or like you know difficult to deal with by all accounts steph was awesome by all accounts he was like incredibly respectful he grew up around the league look i i'm with you uh kenny in terms of understanding why there may have been some hesitance but i will always say minnesota you pick two you pick two point guards in that same draft to head. <laughs> I don't care. And, and I don't mean that as, as, as I don't want to be disparaging you, but Johnny Flynn, come on. Uh, and you know, Ricky Rubio, like, hey, you know, all respect. He's had a great career. Well, come on, man. You had the opportunity twice and you and you said, yeah, that. you had two picks and you didn't go with one flyer on the person who ended up changing the league. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We're going to keep talking about this documentary and other stuff. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. With three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight, and legroom that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362-horsepower hybrid max powertrain, on limited and platinum trims, 
you can be confident you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display so you always arrive on time. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. And we're back. And just going to the point you made, Kenny, about him having a like great shooter as a dad, you, you get to see him go from shooting like the way going into high school, I think it is, his dad's like he shoots from his waist. Like he sh- he releases from his belly oh, button. Wow. And you see a shot. And that's actually always been a thing that I've thought about with his shot is that it's much, it's a much lower release than you traditionally are told, like you can get away with in high level basketball. And it's, it, it looks more like a kid's shot than, you know, the, the shots that you've traditionally seen that are like up over the hairline, you know, but it's, I don't know. I, I had that moment in, I think it was middle school. I want, my dad was like, all right, you got to get your shot. Like, off of your chest and like up above your headline. And I never made the, uh, never made that leap folks. Um, my, both my shots, by the way, were ugly as hell. So it it was, it was never going to happen, but man, he, uh, just that, that was like such a, did you guys ever have that where you like had to make that conscious decision to like change your shot to like be a higher release? Jack, I was five ten trying to play, you know, trying to play against real players. So yes, I was absolutely, (laughs) I absolutely had to do that. And, to your point, his shot looks like the shot of a small guy that had to, you know, figure it out. So it's kind of like a fling. It, yeah. it, it, you know, far be it for me to criticize, but it, it absolutely is a, a bit of a fling, even to yeah. this day. Yeah, I had to play uh, down low a lot, and I was only six two in high school, and I grew two inches in college. I'm six four now, but um, I studied Dirk. Like I, if I was like, if I'm going to be in the post, it's got to be 
straight up. Way up. When, I, when I was, I had like a different shot in the post and then on the perimeter, but by the end, I was right at the eyebrow push. Yeah, and, uh, but it took it took a lot, man. It took a lot to get there because yeah, I was I was like a a heaver when I was young. Yeah, and, yeah, from um, the hip. Yeah, man. And also, real quick, just to your point about Virginia Tech not wanting him. I was watching that, and I honestly think, though, that's probably the biggest blessing that could have happened to him is to go to a smaller school to gain his confidence. Because, dude, if you go in that small to like that to the ACC, I mean, I don't even know if he makes it through his freshman year. You know, like you kind of it's kind of good he has some leash to grow. Like I, I played with a kid that was an incredible ball player, incredible high school player, and went big time D one, and it was it was too much. It was like a lot. You know, and then he transferred mid-major and had a good career. But I always wonder, like, you always want to go as big as you can, but then sometimes it's not a bad thing to go smaller. You have a little more leash. You have a little more room to grow. The competition's not pushing you around as much. You can gain your confidence, you know? Um, Piggybacking on that, and Jack, to your point, imagine he has 13 turnovers in his first game in the ACC. Now, I'm not saying they would have benched him, but he might not have, you know, it might not have looked quite as, he might not have put 32 up in that very next game. Yeah. So. It, it helps, it, it helps your case and it helps your coach have confidence in you when the next option isn't, <laughs> yeah. is, is not like near the same level as you, you know? Um, I don't know. Just, just stray thoughts. First of all, I think we can now retire the, uh, this trope from documentaries. You're shooting an empty chair. The person walks up, you see them from behind, sit down for an interview, like take the, take the iPad from you. And they say, all right, you want to start that? That's how this opens. It's Reggie Miller. (laughs) Who's doing the sitting down. Um, I I don't know. I'm over it, but it's like, it obviously a very effective documentary, but that, that was the one moment where I was like, Oh no, are we, what, what are we doing here? You thought they were running a, like a Wendy's commercial before the duck <laughs> when Reggie popped up? Yeah. I just, I could have used more Reggie commentary. Um, it was funny how the 2019, like it was right around 2019 where all of a sudden the takes start getting so much spicier. Like mm-hmm. for, prior to that, you, you have to like rely on interviews with his parents to be like, everybody called him a twerp and like, we're pushing him around. And then, like, 2019, all of a sudden, the takes come in, and they're like, Steph Curry will never be in another NBA Finals. This guy isn't built for... Like, this is after he's won three titles. Three titles. <laughs> yeah, everyone's Unanimous coming, yeah, everyone's coming through and being like, guy's just not built... I don't like his body for the NBA. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, you can build a documentary that says anybody is, is an underdog at this point from, from now on. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm sure you could find footage. You could put together like no, no one said LeBron James could make it. You could definitely, yeah. you could definitely find plenty of footage of like Stephen A. Smith being like, I don't think he's he's he ain't a leader. You know. <laughs> yep. Do you guys remember that one Kobe commercial? Uh, it was probably like oh four oh five. Specifically, it, it was like it, it was like him reading or it was a voice reading off like headlines that involved him like basically detractors and and doubters and things of that nature that's the vibe that i got when i was watching this documentary because i always foolishly initially used to think like you're you're the great you're like one of the greats to ever do this like why do you care but it's only now that i realized like those guys still need that as motivation 
And as 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 much as you know, we see them as, or you know, not maybe not you guys, but I sometimes have seen guys as like superheroes when it comes to the things that they're able to do. You know, from a physical standpoint, they're still human beings that hear all of those all of those criticisms and read all of those stories. So I don't know. To me, it was it was kind of inspirational. It was one of those like he's like one of us, like because you know, it, it it normalized him as opposed to uh, you know being annoying. I guess I could say. Yeah. The um watching his workouts, like you really do get to get a feeling that you're like getting to watch him build his game like brick by brick. And watching his workouts, I mean that that's something that people like show up hours early for the game to watch. But like I that was something I could have used more workout footage. Like just like watching him like do that thing where he like bounces off one foot and does like a step back that covers five feet and then like nails a three, like that. That was so fun. I could, I could watch that for hours. Like that, I could have used more just him casually making like three quarter court shots. Um, I, just because that that's a, a unique superpower that he has. Did you notice at one point they he was just casually shooting half court left handed three pointers, like just just to do it and sinking them. Like right. during that workout, at one point in the footage, he's just like, okay, let me just do it, shoot shoot a couple lefties. Just ridiculous. Yeah, I think part of the trick of the movie is covering up the fact that this this man has an actual superpower <laughs> and has since he was a child. Like, yeah, being able to make threes with your left is no joke. Have you seen his golf swing? Like, it's just the most mm -hmm. perfect. Like, it's better looking than any golf swing that you've seen on the PGA Tour. It's so beautiful. Well, I mean, that's not, that's just until Chuck comes up. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's really crazy, too, and I was talking to this I was talking to my boy about this, and to be clear before I say this, I'm not a LeBron hater. I know there's a lot of LeBron haters out there. I am not a LeBron hater. But you could argue that Steph changed the game in a way that LeBron did not. LeBron is amazing, but it's not like he's the first tall point guard. You know, like we've seen Magic before. Um, he's an elite athlete to the level that we've never seen, but... When LeBron started playing, I wasn't like, oh, I've never seen this. Like, he reminded me of Scottie Pippen. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, big point forward, athlete, two-way player, elite defender. But I've seen that, not on LeBron's level, but I've seen it. Steph, like, he, th there's a reason the NBA is played the way it is now. And it was because the Warriors showed teams what spacing can do. And that's when now everybody has to shoot threes. Everybody has to clear out. To me, that's trace back to Steph and like, oh, we have to guard this guy as soon as he crosses half court and then the space that creates everybody else. And yeah, it's insane that he started off as this, like, could he even make a team? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. He, I feel like he changed the game more than anyone since like Lou Alcindor, <laughs> like whoever, <laughs> like, like everything changed. And then, you know, Kareem comes in, everybody is like being center oriented. And then for all like decades, that's the, that's the plan. You got to do that. And like, he's completely reoriented everything. I will say as, as a LeBron lover, when he went against Detroit early on, I forget what year it was in his uh, career. I think it was like second or third year. And then like, was just getting to the rim on the best defensive team in the league every single time that to me felt like, Oh, we are witnessing something that is different than I've, I've seen anyone do at this level. Like in, in like we, I've seen people go to the rim and dunk. I've not seen it be like this consistently just, he can get to the rim and 
dunk with both hands like every time was one of the craziest things. But it didn't reorient how people played the game and like game plan for the next season, right? And that's all I mean. Like, yeah, again, totally. I, I'm I'm tired of the LeBron hot takes. The guy has earned yeah. our respect. If you're a hoop head, yeah, you can critique him all you want. That's what it comes with the territory of being an all time great. But yeah. enough. The guy, yeah. the guy's unbelievable. But again, I just and you already said it. I, I just think Steph changed the way the game is played. It's it's um, remarkable. It really is. Yeah. If if you think about it, I mean, we can look at LeBron and you know as much as we want. We can't duplicate that. The belief that comes with, you know, like if you're a kid watching the game, you might, you know, think LeBron is incredible. You might think these, you know, the big guys are incredible, but all of a sudden you see this little guy, whether he's 6'2 or not, 6'2 and three quarters or whatever the case may be. You see this little guy out there just flinging it up and, you know, you know, dipping in and somehow, you know, you know, you know finding his way you know, like all over the court. And it's like, it, it's like, hey, I could probably do that or I could possibly do that even if I can't. So yeah. I, I totally understand that. And also yeah. the idea that you can add to your game. Like, yeah. Just because you come into the league because of your one skill, which is shooting. I mean, I remember early in his career, they were like, Steph's not a point guard. He's a shooting guard. And you watch him now, breaking ankles, no look passes. I mean, he's not going to lead the league in assists, but he doesn't have to. Yeah. But he's a legitimate point guard. He's a legitimate three-level scorer. And he came into the league as a three-point specialist. That's it. You know, you you can add to your game. And it also makes you wonder, like, some of these guys that come in with more talent, it's like, is it a work ethic thing? Because you have access to the same shooting coaches. Like, to me, working on your jumper, like guys that come to the NBA and never get better at shooting, I'm like, what have you been doing? Or like your free throw percentage doesn't increase at all throughout your career. I'm like, how is that even possible? Like, yeah. yeah. At the end of practice, you just you know shoot 100 free throws or whatever. It's like, it's inconceivable, honestly. But I think there is a piece of Steph that is missing from this that is like, you know, KD, there's a good scene where KD comes to his, the celebration party they throw after, like, he breaks the all-time, you know, it opens with him breaking the all-time three-point shooting record, you know, halfway through his career. Um, and then there's a party afterwards, KD shows up and he's like, I thought you were this little white kid when I met you, like, 10 years ago, I walked into a gym and there's this little white kid, like, but he's making threes from half court at that point. So, like, I really think that there is a, like, it's not, it's like having touch from 60 feet is, is like a, a weird thing that we're just like, man, he must've practiced that a lot. But it, it does feel like that is something that we don't necessarily think about as like a inherent ability, but it is like something that he has and has had like from early yeah. on. He's yeah. got to have like, he's got to have like um, the most elite, depth perception Truly. and hand-eye coordination in the league. <laughs> yeah. and, that, that, and that's that people don't talk about that. Hand-eye coordination is a big one. You can be an elite athlete and not yeah. have that. Yeah. Well, that one workout that they showed we, you know, right before the shooting where he's doing like the two tennis balls, he's catching it, he's, he's crossing over, catching a tennis ball, throwing it with the other hand, all of that type of stuff where while I, I, I get it, like there are people that can do that, he's doing it at, He's doing it with such ease, it, 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 it makes sense that he can do these things. It really does. And, and those are the those are the skills that I think you know your average fan doesn't notice, right? It's the same thing with LeBron. It's like you look at LeBron, you see this elite athlete, you know the the quickness, the jumping, the strength, but it's the mental processing. Like everyone who's ever played with LeBron, it's like the guy just sees the game differently. Yeah. I think Steph is, Steph is it's it's one thing to be able to stretch the floor like that. It's another to be able to say, okay, 
guys have to guard me at half court. So here's what that does to the defense. So I'm thinking two steps ahead. I'm going to whip it to Draymond, and I'm going to cut, and I'm going to come out the other side because they're so spaced out. I'm going to get a shot on this wing. Like, he sees the game in that LeBron level. I'm a couple steps ahead of all of you, and I'm aware of what me being on the floor does. Yeah. I know how to use it. And that's like that's like the the next step, right? Yeah. It's it's cool. Uh like basically no notes for this documentary though. I, totally. I think people should go check it's it out. Uh especially 100%. if you're a Steph skeptic. Or even another example, if you'll indulge me with another example, it's like when Shaq added passing. It's like once Shaq became aware, every time I touch the ball, three guys are gonna come running at me. And Shaq started being able to hit those no look passes. That you know, Arvidas was like that. Like oh, yeah. it's just like a different obviously Jokic yeah. now. It's like being aware of your impact on the defense and then what to do about that, I think, is a different evolution. And yes, I agree. This documentary is unreal. So good. Yeah. Hey, speaking of things that people should go watch, uh, on August 17th, there's there's this uh, special coming out on YouTube called Don't You Know Who I Am? And this isn't me letting you go. This is me making up for the fact that I forgot to mention this up top. Um, you have a special coming out and you talk hoops in it. Is this correct, Kenny? I do, yes. Yes. So I grew up playing. Uh, I played AAU as a kid. I played. Uh, I started on my varsity team in high school, and then I played two years in college um, as a walk-on. That's how you become a comedian, which I say is special. <laughs> but I, I, I open the special. I tell a story about the time I had to guard Tyler Hansborough one-on-one in a high school Psycho basketball team. tournament. And, uh, and it went about as well as you would think. And... Uh, <laughs> And I kind of traced back me starting comedy to that moment yeah. um, and realizing that I ain't like those guys. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I, and I, I, there's like two actual basketball stories out of the book into the special. And the middle is kind of me talking about the uh, post-athletic drop-off that a lot of athletes feel and experience. And I felt like it was something that needed to be talked about. You know, there's a lot of like, you know, you have this thing and it's all your energy, all your focus. It gives you all these dopamine hits. And then that's just taken away one day and no one prepares you for life after. And I think a lot of guys get in a lot of trouble, uh, drugs, alcohol, those things become really kind of fill that void. And I started talking, I started telling these jokes and I really felt like I was striking a nerve because the number of people that were coming up to me after show being like, dude, my cousin, my brother, my sister, uh, that you know that yeah no one I can't believe no one's talked about that yeah you know and I've lost a couple buddies and um, to drugs and uh, when you talk to people afterwards it's like yeah I just don't think he ever moved on he never found that next thing and so the special is kind of about like putting it to bed and finding your next love and finding a place to put that energy um, is basically what it is so that sounds cool man that sounds well, awesome I'm everybody really should go check it out yeah I mean I I need to check it out because I mean I. Okay, I'll, I'll be honest. After my high school career, I was just in a better mood because I was like getting dunked on by Dan Gedzurik less. Uh, so, Dan Gedzurik, uh, let's go! I don't identify at all. <laughs> that so, was that was my psycho T encounter. Was I, I was like, all right, I'm gonna body up Dan Gedzurik, and I got bodied. In fair, in fairness to you guys, Dan Gedzurik, if I'm not mistaken, is a legit seven footer, and Tyler's got to be a, what six eight, you know. That, that, yeah, that must have been a rough day. Exactly. That, but those were, those are some pretty rough, rough matchups. Yeah. No, and I say this in the story and it's true. It's to the point where I wonder if my coach got paid off because Roy Williams was there watching the stand. <laughs> and I swear to God, my coach said he made me guard him one-on-one and he was like, no help. They have shooters on the perimeter. And I was like, 
So I literally got put on an island with Psycho T <laughs> in front of Roy Williams. And oh. I was like, wow, just serving me up like a sweet yeah. man. All right. Well, I guess I'm not playing for UNC. Thank cool. you. Yeah. Thanks, coach. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Dan Gadzurik. That's a good one, man. Those are yeah. my favorite stories. I love when I find out people who, like, who's the best guy that dunked on you? Because there's always one. There's always one really bad one. Yeah. I was I I just kept getting getting up. I was I was thinking of the movie Rocky instead of like Hoop Dreams. I was just like, you know what? At the end of this, I'm gonna be stronger. And instead, my teammates just couldn't make eye contact with me for the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> if, if it makes you guys feel better, you guys got dunked on by NBA players. I've been dunked on by over you know guys that went overseas, and you know it. it oh, it I've been dunked just, on by everyone, just man. It feels just the same. I want to be clear. I've been dunked on by just the nicest dude at the Y. <laughs> just like just some cool guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Been dunked on about by a guy who's like, Oh my god, I've never dunked before. That was wild. Did you Woody Harrelson at the end of White Man Can't yeah. Joke, he finally catches it. <laughs> yeah. It's on you. That's right. Um, all right. We're gonna take a quick break. And Kenny, when we come back, we oh. are going to enter the danger zone, the fastest segment in podcasting. Uh hold on to your butts, hold on to your hats <laughs> if you're wearing them, uh, because they're gonna be spinning around, both your butt and your hat. Uh we'll be right back. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. With three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight, and legroom that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display so you always arrive on time. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. 
Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. And we are back. And oh, Kenny. Kenny, 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 Kenny. I don't think he's ready. You've really stepped in at this time, friend. Um, <laughs> this is the rapid fire segment. Uh, this is where Jabari and I are just firing questions at you like so many tennis balls and basketballs and Steph's workout drill. Uh, and you, you've just got to juggle them. And the other thing we're going to be doing is like being really bad at keeping this moving. Um, and that is not a design flaw that is uh because i'm bad at keeping things moving as a podcaster uh so you're just gonna have to keep us on track and uh the segment starts right now um brian could you start the clock please wait 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 i don't I, I don't i don't think he's gonna hear you thanks i don't think he's gonna hear if you say it like that he's, he's oh, okay. accustomed to it he's accustomed. yeah he is all the way across the room you wanna you brian start, start the, clock! the clock wow all right, all right. All right, Kenny, we're asking each guest which young player will have a breakout season in 2023-24. As we saw with Steph, you know, sometimes that means this is suddenly their team's year. Uh, some of the guys that have been tossed around, Ty Maxey. I've, I've been noticing a lot of people dropping the Reese, just Ty Maxey. Maybe that's going to turn things around for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Cade Cunningham. Streamlight. Al Shangun, Austin Reeves. Um, is it too early to say Wembenyama? Probably. Um, Scoot, uh, who, who, who do we think? Who do you think is going to have a, a season where all of a sudden this is the only person anybody can talk about? I'm going to go with Jalen Green. I like what the Rockets did. A lot of people wow. beat him up. But I think, um, I think giving him Fred Van Vliet to take a lot of the pressure because his issue has been efficiency and turnovers, but otherwise he's already scoring in the twenties. And I think Van Vliet helps him. I know Dylan Brooks is a knucklehead, but he's also <laughs> a second team, all NBA player. Yep. Um, and I, you know, people kind of write off Dylan Brooks. I get it, but you know, another great defender that was a total knucklehead and then found new life with a new team met a world peace, baby. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes a change of scenery helps guys like that. And I think the attitude that makes Dylan Brooks a knucklehead is why he's a great defender. Um, I also like Kevin Porter Jr. off the bench. So now the Rockets suddenly, like, you kind of got Ooh. better at positions with Van Vliet because you slide him to six-man where I think you just let him cook off the bench. Um, and the Rockets are so bad, people don't realize. Kevin Porter Jr. averaged 25-5 and five last year. Yeah, I know that because of fantasy basketball. Like, there you go. <laughs> that's a right. talented player. Then you've got, uh, you got Tari Eason. Now coming off the bench, who I love. Jabari mm -hmm. Smith was the star of Summer League, which I know is just Summer League, but hey, you know, he's got potential to be an all-NBA defender. So you got Van Vliet, who's a good defender. Brooks, who's a good defender. Smith, who's a good defender. And Shingun. Jalen Green finally has a team around him. And uh, the talent is undeniable. The guy's unreal. And I think uh, the Rockets are going to surprise people. And I think they're going to make the play-in game, the play-in tournament. I think uh, Jalen Green's going to be a big reason why. It's funny, uh, Jabari and I were at Summer League, and I remember he turned to me and he said, is Jabari Smith Jr. even out there? This guy stinks. And then he put 30 points 
hung 30 on Jabari's head. And that is right. not a story that I just changed uh, from being about me to being about Jabari. Um, that that actually well, here's happened. the other thing too. You know, uh, Jabari reminds okay, me of this. I said that. I said this oh, guy. That was you. There'll be no yeah. Jabari on Jabari crime. On this it was podcast. me. It was me. Almost like you've done it. That's where I was going <laughs> with it. I I was not slandering, but no, I I was right there with Jack saying like, eh, and then all of a sudden he hit four threes in a row and said, "Shut up to both of us." Yeah, from way up top. We were screaming it from the rafters. But Kenny, <laughs> I don't know if you heard this instruction at the top. You're supposed to keep us going. So, like, if we start to deviate or we start to talk about some other stuff, you have to snap us back in the line. And well, if let's it, keep if, going. Okay, well, excuse me. So, also, <laughs> Jack mentioned earlier that we're going to be firing, you know, you know, questions at you. I'm more of the pea shooter from Harlem Knights. I'm that third guy with just a little pop, pop. So, here you go. Sure. And I'm more of a pew, pew, pew. There it uh, is. Just, mm. Okay. Yeah. What sound would you make if 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 you were a guy? <laughs> pow, 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 pow. Yeah, right. I had a feeling right. that was going to be his answer, Jabari. I, I, I wouldn't I, have I even asked like the it. damn question. And then if you really pissed me off, it's more of a clap, 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 clap. Okay, uh-huh. all right. Well, if you can have up. any player's skill set for a day, whose and what skill set would it be? Um, I would want to know what it's like to dunk like Dak would be. Oh, yeah. I want to yeah. know what that feels like. I, I mean, I used to be able to dunk a little bit. And that, even that, I still dream about it. I still dream that I'm flying through the air, which I wasn't even flying through the air. To know what it is to float like that, come on, let me let me let me have it one time. Who are you yeah. dunking on? Nobody ever asks this. That's what I want to know. Who are you dunking on? And it you can't can be me. Uh, I'm dunking on uh, I'm dunking on Rudy Gobert and saying that's for COVID. Here it is. <laughs> wow, that's wow. what I'm saying. So that jack on my shoulders. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. All right. Oh, uh, that would be fun to dunk on people on people's shoulders and just have them explode <laughs> apart. Like yeah, with yeah, your powerful pool. dunk. I'm dunking um, on you, Miles, and Jabari in a trench coat. There it is. <laughs> there it is. I definitely have a new answer to this question now that I've watched underrated because I feel like like there are parts in that documentary where they cut together so many like mistakes and like turnovers and missed shots that you like forget what you've watched up to that point. You're like, does this guy stink? Is just Steph Curry? Did I, did I make up the past five years where he's like one of the best players in the league? I I think he's holding back on us. Like, I think if I was Steph Curry for a day, I would just try some things out, like throw a football into, like, I, I feel like he would be, the king of dude perfect shots, uh, timely mm-hmm. ref that all the kids are still talking about. But um, I feel like he could thread like thread an actual needle with thread from like a football field away. Like he he's just not revealing that he has a literal superpower because he doesn't want us to know. Um, anyways, uh, you're supposed that. to keep me on track. Do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, more questions. All right, come on. Hit me. <laughs> all <laughs> right. You can take two players from all of history to create your Mad Boosties edition NBA Jam team, uh, which should be coming. I mean, the league has heard this segment. I, I got to think that's coming pretty soon. Uh, but which two players are you taking? Steph Curry and Shaquille O'Neal. Yep. Ooh. It's the correct que- <laughs> the <Yes>. correct answer. <laughs> yes. I, I've said this before. It's that That's the right answer. That's the answer. I don't, I don't know I'm what sorry, else you want folks. from me. That's the answer. That's fair. That's fair. Let's keep this going a little bit. Yeah, let's go. Come on. Come on. Ultimate peak. Prime T-Mac or prime Paul George? Wow. I'm going to say 
T-Mac because I don't feel like people are as disappointed in him as they are Paul George. There's a lot yeah. of financial questions with Paul George. There's a lot of like, does he have it? I, I, I never heard anyone suggest that T-Mac disappears in the playoffs. I'll say that. I never heard that yeah. brought up. And so well, and I don't remember T-Mac load managing. Do, the, yeah. sec, the second round said it about T-Mac, but that's neither here nor there. That's a good point. Maybe we just didn't expect it from T-Mac. Maybe the expectations were lower. But, yeah. Um, I think it's that thing with like 2019 and that's when the spicy takes come in the documentary. It's like all of a sudden you have people being like, Steph Curry is bad at basketball. I, I think like it's harder to be a player or maybe easier because you get so much more motivational material. But you know what? I will say this. Hold on. I, I had to think about it for a second. I know this is rapid fire. Paul George is also in his peak. He was like a true two-way player. And I don't remember T-Mac ever being known for his defense. So... Paul George, final answer. There we go. I think it's the right answer. We recently, speaking of Steph, we recently got his all-time top five. It was Magic Johnson at point guard, Michael Jordan at shooting guard, uh, Larry Bird at small forward, but then he revised that because he has been on the internet to Kobe Bryant at small forward, uh, Tim Duncan at power forward, and Shaquille O'Neal at center. Uh, Are you making any revisions to that starting five? Someone's got to be able to shoot a three. I mean... What are we just going to clog the lane? Come on. Give me, give me Larry. What were you like? Yeah, I know we were all the respect for Kobe, but you got to have somebody stretching the floor, bro. Come on. Yeah. Now. No, you know, especially like, in today's game. Yeah. Michael and Kobe are redundant. You just put the same, you put Michael Jordan and then a Michael Jordan cover band on the same floor. No oh, Kobe. No maybe you Kobe. haven't been on the internet. No disrespect yeah. to Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he mentions. He, 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 listen, he played no, like, I know, I know. He played the skill sets like were Mike. redundant. The skill sets yeah, were redundant. He was unbelievable at it. And I yeah. don't blame him. Of course, you want to be like yeah. Mike. I wanted to Hell be like yeah. Mike. But, you know, I need someone to shoot a three. Jack, do you have a five? I would put Steph out there. Yep. I think I'd put Steph out there uh, at two, put MJ at three, or, you know, put Steph at one, put MJ at two. Uh, and yeah, maybe Steph, Steph at one, MJ two. LeBron at three. The, the LeBron LeBron needs to be out there, man. Yeah, no disrespect to Magic, but there's your point forward. Yeah. You know, and we're that's going to help. We're good here. Making. Yeah, we're, we're solid. And I might go Dream at center. Um, Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, Hakeem. Man, and just, which Tim Duncan just came up. I'm so excited that Wendy went to San Antonio and Tim Duncan is on the staff and is just going to teach Wendy to be 7-2 Tim Duncan. And you can yeah. already shoot. It's yeah. just it's preposterous what's about to happen. It really is going to be nasty. It's going to be so fun. All right, All right. Keeping it going. Last question? Sure. This is the most important one. Hit me. Jack or Jabari? Ooh. Okay. So I know a little bit. Uh, all right. What'd you play, Jabari? You're 5'10. You're a point guard? I was a 5'10 point power forward. Okay. So you're like a 5'10 Draymond. You're going to give me Basically a little bit that. of everything? Basically okay. that. Jack, what do you bring to the table? I was like a six-one Draymond. Couldn't shoot worth shit, but would defend and let Dan Gedzurik dunk on me until he was exhausted. I was like rope-a-doping him. I was like, surely he's going to get tired of dunking on me. That's not in no way an energizing thing, right? Yeah, maybe if I go fetal position, he'll feel bad for me. (laughs) Have I sold myself? Uh, Yeah. Jabari, how's the jumper? Smooth? My jumper's nice. That's one thing I can tell you. That's one thing I can say. 
I'm taking Jabari, baby. I need what? shooting. I need shooting what are you talking about? Team. I need shooting on this team, bro. You don't want my rickety ass jumper. Um, and but but I play defense and I always make the right pass. <laughs> He's real thing. gritty. Even, even if you can't shoot, I want guys in my team that say they can shoot. I want delusional confidence. Yeah. I want I want I want you coming in going 0 for 10 and being like, yo, pass me the ball, bro. I'm open. <laughs> Hit me. I'm trying to go 0 for 19. Ball, 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 I'm trying to ball, go 0 for 19. Yeah. I got Ged Zurich where I want him. Hit me yeah. right there. Yeah. My free yeah. throw like routine before would I would shrug my shoulders and be like, I'm not gonna even make it anyways. I did that before every <laughs> free throw. That was that was just <laughs> I I, feel, I actually believe that you did that. That's the funny thing. <laughs> What's the fucking point? Oh sorry. What's the point here? Yeah. yeah. Um anyways, Kenny DeForest, uh truly a pleasure. We've been excited to have you on Boosties for a long time and you did not disappoint, sir. Uh, we'll have to have you back on again soon. Uh, where can people see you, uh, find you, follow you, all that good stuff? So I'm on uh, I'm on Instagram. I f- I prefer Instagram. I just feel like if you're trying to follow an artist, it's kind of the most like you're actually going to see me promoting my shows. Um, I, I do have a TikTok. I post a lot of videos there. The special comes out the 17th of August, and I'm going to do a live stream on YouTube, like a live release on YouTube, where you can watch it with me and comment and ask questions, and I'll be on. I'll be answering those. So um, that link is not quite live yet, but once it is, the best way to see that will be on Instagram. I might be back on Twitter one day. We'll see. But for now, I'm just trying to focus my efforts on those couple um, so that I can still have some energy to, like, write jokes and stuff. Yeah. Not just on on my phone all day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what your problem is with Twitter. Uh, we love it here at Mad Boosties. Uh, I think Hashtag this guy Mad Elon Boosties. is killing it. Uh, oh, loving destroying them. it. Yeah. Literally destroying it. <laughs> Literally destroying it. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien and on threads where I am. Uh, I'm not very active on Twitter. I'm even less active on threads, but I am there at Jack underscore O underscore Brian. Jabari, where can people find you? You can find me, of course, on the Twitter, uh, Jabari Davis NBA. You can find Miles, of course, at, at Miles of Gray. Yes, Not sir. sure about his threads. Yeah, he's there. No, Both okay. places. Here we are. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of Mad Boosties. We are back next week to talk more NBA, and we will talk to you all then. Bye. Goodbye. Peace. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower, hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims. Hybrid max powertrain engine delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.